Hello, hola, and konnichiwa. I am your host, Daniel Gumby Freeland, and this is the Prelim Primer, the one and only podcast fully dedicated to the curtain jerkers. Of course, I'm talking about those fighting on the prelims of upcoming UFC fight cards. This weekend is the UFC heading to South Korea for the very last fight card of the year. An exciting main event between Frankie Edgar and Chan Sung Jung, the Korean zombie. But as those of you who frequent the show know, we will not be talking about that matchup whatsoever. That's right. We're not going to be talking about Chan Sung Jung versus Frankie Edgar because this is the prelim primer. We are focused only on the prelim portion of that card. Now, those of you who are new to the show, you might be asking yourself, why just talk about the prelim portion of the card? Why not talk about all the other great fights that are on this main card? Some really great under-the-radar fights, too. And the answer is quite simple. The reason that we don't talk about those fights is you probably already have a place that you go to for those fights and you probably don't know too much about these guys on the undercard, which is really where we think there's a lot of money to be made in daily fantasy sports and when you're gambling. And speaking of daily fantasy sports, I'd be remiss if I did not mention that this episode of the Prelim Primer is brought to you by BSMMA.com. BSMMA is changing the way you play daily fantasy sports by simplifying everything really, really, really easy. All you have to do is you have to pick five winners, five ways that they win in the rounds in which they win. And you don't have to worry about all those pesky salary caps or losing based on arbitrary scoring systems. It's just that simple. So head on over to bsmma.com, check out their cash games, and they've got a free game going on for some BSMMA swag as well, so make sure you check that out. Now, to help you out with those picks over on bsmma.com, I have enlisted the help of another savvy co-host. Joining me today from Fansided MMA is Benjamin Abrigo. Benjamin, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, always a pleasure to be here. We got some, uh, not a ton of relevant fights, but definitely some fun fights to talk about. Absolutely. And I actually think, you know, there might be one or two that slip in there under the relevant category, but you're, you're right, not too much. Um, and of course, in order to start this, we've got to get going with five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start round one by talking about a fight that is actually relevant, and that's Matt Schnell versus Alexandre Pantoja. Schnell is very quietly on a four-fight win streak in the flyweight division. He's got decision wins over Marco Beltran, Naoki Inouye, and then triangle choke wins over Luis Smolka and Jordan Espinoza. Pantoja was on a three-fight win streak. He had that recently snapped by Davison Figueredo back in July. Obviously, this is a huge step up for Matt Schnell with, you know, him being pretty much the first, you know, relevant ranked opponent with Alessandre Pantoja. How do you think he deals with the much tougher competition? I'm not entirely sold on Matt Schnell. Um, as somebody, you know, I appreciate his jujitsu and I appreciate those two triangle chokes that he had. He honestly used the same guillotine to triangle setup both times. Um, but I, I just, I feel like Pantoja is too much for him everywhere, especially on the mat. And I feel like Matt Schnell, uh, while he at least appears powerful on the feet, um, seems pretty hittable um, and not super fast on the feet. I think Pantoja will beat him there. And I also feel like on the mat, Pantoja is actually the better grappler, even though, you know, this is Matt Schnell has used his grappling in this little in this win streak he has right now. I think Pantoja is just just a bit too much. Yeah, and I sort of agree with you, too. You mentioned that he uses his jujitsu in this win streak. But the other problem with that is he hasn't really used his wrestling. If, if you look at the win streak, in a four-fight win streak, he has a grand total of one takedown. Um, so he's sort of relying on people to take him down. And, and like you said, both of those subs come by triangle choke. Do you really feel like he could catch Alessandre Pantoja with a triangle choke? 
I don't. I think Pantoja's defense is really good. So it comes down to the stand-up, and it sounds like you're like I am. You're you're leaning with uh, Chandre Pantoja in the stand-up. Yeah, I think he I think he outpoints him uh, on the feet, and even you know Pantoja is actually not a bad wrestler. Not not in the traditional like power double leg sense, but he'll get on your hips and and sneak to the back, that kind of stuff. I just you know I feel like Matt Schnell is in danger everywhere here. I sort of do too. And so I'm going to ask you for your official prediction. Do you like Pantosha by finish or do you like this one going to decision? I like it going by decision just because, you know, we're talking about flyweights and to Matt Schnell's credit, I don't want to, I don't want to crap on him too much. I mean, he did put together four straight wins against decent competition. So I like him. I like it to go to the distance here, but I see Pantosha winning pretty easily. Yeah. I kind of agree with you on that one too. It's hard for flyweights to get other flyweights out of there without like, you know, a really good submission or having like Davison Figueredo-esque uh, power in your hands. And Pantosha doesn't really have either of those. So yeah, I'm going with Pantosha by decision too, which brings us to our second fight. We're going all the way to the other end of the spectrum with Surreal Ghani versus Tanner Boser in a heavyweight matchup. So Ghani is 2-0 in the UFC. He started by arm triangle, Rafael Pessoa, and then he followed that up with a heel hook over Dante Mays. Boser won a decision over Daniel Spitz back in his debut all the way back in October. So obviously Ghani has been billed as a striker, but here we go. We got two submissions from him. Does he use a bit of his submission game here against Boser too? And if he does, does that get him in trouble against somebody like Boser? I think maybe he tries to use his submission game, but I got the sense that that's still not his A game. He just kind of is hyper-athletic and, and super confident. So if he sees a submission, he's going to take it. Um, Tanner Boser though, <sighs> is just kind of like a – he feels like an opponent for Cyril Gane here. Um, big – powerful heavyweight but doesn't really bring a ton of skill to the table other than being tough and big um so i don't, I don't know i'd be surprised if gane picks up another submission here uh but i do expect him to kind of have his way just athletically with tanner Bowser. yeah you, you mentioned you called him an opponent i love that but uh, he reminds me and not just because of the hair and not just because of the physique he doesn't remind me of roy nelson in a lot of ways Right, like he's a heavyweight who has a surprising level of cardio for as big as he is. He's got adequate striking power that is going to get him through some matchups, but ultimately he's going to continue to get outworked by hyper athletic heavyweights like Surreal Ghani. And I think in this case, you're right. Surreal Ghani is going to rely on his hands. He's probably going to rock him once in a while. If he winds up submitting him, it's just going to be because he rocked him to start. I'm going with Ghani. I'm going to say uh, Boser survives into the second round, but not deep into the second round. I'm going to go KO second round. How about you? I'm going with Ghani uh, first round KO. I will say, though, I think Tanner Boser is like – I mean, Ghani is a huge favorite, but I think Boser is actually a good opponent here for exactly the reasons that you brought up, that he has surprising cardio. He's he's quite durable, even though I just picked him to lose by first round first round TKO. Um, you know, it should be fun while it lasts, but I like Ghana in the first round. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he needs that type of opponent too, because Mays faded really, really quickly in that fight. And he wound up fighting pretty much what I believe to be a shell of what Dontel Mays actually can be. And then Pessoa, you know, just looked absolutely outmatched. His striking didn't look anywhere near what it should be to fight Cyril Ghani. So you're right. Yeah, he, he needed a durable opponent. This should be a good one for him. And uh, that's actually going to do it for round number one. We're going to take a quick break, talk to our sponsors, and we'll be right back with round number two. Look, my favorite part about playing daily fantasy sports is playing against my friends, right? You love to be able to show your friends that you know more about whatever sport you're into. And BSMMA.com has got you covered in your ways to brag to your friends about how much you know about MMA because they have a fully customizable create a contest option. 
All you gotta do is you go there, you hit create a contest, you can choose how many people you want in it, what you want the payout structure to look like, what you want the buy-in to be, all of those things are fully customizable at bsmma.com. So head on over there, get your friends involved, and start playing today. Now, back for round number two. And we are back with round number two. Of course, I'm going to put another five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Rayoni Barcelos versus Sednur Magomedov. Barcelos, again, another quiet 3-0 in the UFC. He's got finishes of Kurt Holobaugh, Chris Gutierrez, and Carlos Hachuain. Uh, Nurmagomedov, 2-0 in the UFC with a controversial split decision over Justin Scoggins in his debut. Followed that up with a TKO over Ricardo Ramos. Uh, it's kind of an interesting striking dynamic in this fight to me. I'm, I'm interested in it because it's a, a really good counterpuncher in Barcelos versus a guy who does a bunch of spinning shit in Nurmagomedov. What do you think about the stand-up? Uh, I actually think, um, you know, I think Nurmagomedov, despite his name, you know, is going to kind of wear himself out with with that super flashy high output kicking attack. Um, and Barcelos is actually, in my mind, a better grappler than a striker. Um, but I do like his confidence on the feet. I like his speed and I especially like his power. Um, I don't know. I see I see Barcelos stepping inside on a lot of these kicks, landing big, powerful shots, kind of surprising Nurmagomedov by how... Uh, athletic and powerful he is. Um, and I see Barcelos using those strikes to to hopefully get it to the mat at one point for him. Um, but I don't know. I mean, Nurmagomedov, that name carries a lot of weight to it, um, even though I understand he's not even actually related to Khabib. <laughs> um, I think a lot of people are confused by that. The, the way he fights is confusing to some people. Um, but I don't know. I don't, I don't think a high output spitting kick attack is a good recipe for success, especially at bantamweight. And, and especially against Rayoni Barcelos, who, like you said, does a good job of stepping into those kicks and landing big shots. So here's a follow-up question to that, because, you know, you mentioned the Nurmagomedov name. He does have a couple of regional fights that you could watch where he's got A, decent takedowns, and B, a lot of takedown attempts. Do you think we see any of that out of him? I would be surprised just given the opponent. Barcelos, like I said, is, is kind of an all-rounder, but I really think he is um, a good grappler and a good wrestler first and foremost. If Nurmagomedov is able to get Barcelos down, then that's a, that's a different fight that I didn't expect because I, I don't know if I've ever seen Barcelos off, off of his back, to be honest. Um, so maybe. And, you know, Nurmagomedov's from Dagestan, so you got to assume he has he has decent grappling um but in my mind Barcelos is just the better overall grappler yeah i kind of agree with you on that one too and it, it should be mentioned too that nurmagomedov did try 11 takedowns against justin scoggins and he got one of them um and not that that justin scoggins can't wrestle or scramble a little bit but i, I don't put him in even the same sentence as rayoni barcelos when it comes to wrestling so i'm going with barcelos i actually think he gets him out of there with a tko probably in the late second early third how about you I could see that, but I'm going to go with Barcelos by um, by unanimous decision here. All right, and that's going to take us to the second fight in this round, and that is Dong Hyung Ma versus Omar Morales. Ma is on a two-fight losing streak with getting finished by Devontae Smith and Scott Holtzman in back-to-back -back fights. Omar Morales is making his UFC debut at 8-0. He beat Harvey Park on Contender Series back in June, earning him a contract. I, I like Omar Morales' style just because he's like one of those guys who puts freaking everything on some of his punches, right? Like, he's a guy who dumps the gas tank and just throws bombs. How do you see that playing off against somebody like Ma and in the UFC in general? 
I think it'll be very, very fun while it lasts um, because Dong Young Ma is kind of the same way. Um, he's a guy that, you know, you remember that fight against, I believe, Marco Polo Reyes, mm-hmm. which was just absolutely bananas. Um, I don't. It's hard to pick how it plays out because you don't know a ton about Morales, and I think Dong Young Ma's durability is, is in serious question here. Um, that said, I, I just got to side with the guy who has done it for longer against higher level competition and he's fighting in a in korea here so i gotta ed- i give a slight edge to dong young ma but i really like i said i think this will be fun while it lasts it's a hard one to pick confidently uh because they're both kind of just bangers um but i see i see a barn burner here and i see it like under four minutes yeah i see this ending in the first round too and it's interesting too because if you look at both of their their sort of regional fights before they got to the ufc both of them have like some pretty interesting takedown work you know like Dong Hyo Ma works pretty well up against the cage Morales has some good like body lock trips but you like wonder like what kind of competition were those against why haven't we seen Ma do that in the UFC so yeah I think it's going to be a slugfest uh sounds like you're leaning Ma yeah I'm gonna go not super confidently Ma first round TKO all right I'm actually gonna go with Omar Morales I think Omar Morales gets it done with a big TKO Probably after getting tagged because, you know, what else would happen in this kind of fight? Um, So that's going to do it for the end of round two. We're going to take a quick break again, and we will be right back with round number three. All right, so now you know BSMMA.com has the most simple way to play daily fantasy sports for MMA. But they got to spice it up a little bit because they want you to be able to prove that you really know how these fights are going to go. So that's why they added the bonuses. So in each and every fight, you're going to choose a bonus that shows you know how this fight's going to go. So for instance, they got the Debo bonus. If they think you're going to hit a one-punch knockout, you get that hit it and quit it power with your fighter, the Debo bonus is the one to add. You can get a plus 10 bonus if your fighter does exactly that. They've got all kinds of other bonuses built into the game to prove that you know how those fights are going to go. And then you can win using your knowledge, which is so much better than those other daily fantasy sites that only let you win, you know, based on the concept of some random amount of strikes or some amount of takedowns or, you know, whatever they call a significant strike in these days. So make sure to head over to bsma.com and get playing today. Now, let's head back for round number three. And we are back with round number three. I'm going to put another five minutes on the clock. And this round has got a whole three fights to talk about, so we're going to get through them extra quick. We'll start with Sung Woo Choi versus Suman Mokhtarian. So Choi is 0-2 in the UFC with losses to Movsar Evloev and Gavin Tucker. Mokhtarian is 0-1. He got absolutely blasted by Sadiq Youssef in his debut, which was almost a year ago at this point in time. Now, obviously, uh, Choi's biggest problem has been being taken down. He's gotten taken down 10 times in two fights. Is that just going to keep happening here against Suman? I'm not entirely sure, but I know Suman Mokhtarian will definitely try to take him down. Um, I got, I, again, I'm just going to give the edge to the guy who has had uh, higher-level competition. And, again, he, he's fighting in front of a home crowd in Korea, which has got to be worth something. Um, I think Sung Woo Choi maybe gets up from his feet at least once or twice um, and is just the bigger, more powerful guy on the feet I, in I don't know. I, I I favor the Korean in that aspect. Yeah, I, I like him as from a power standpoint, but I do have to say, you know, Gavin Tucker comes into that fight. Everybody's talking about Gavin Tucker punches. Gavin Tucker is just the guy who sits on his punches. 
And then he takes him down five times and pretty much has his way with him. So for that reason, I'm going with a decision on Suman Mokhtarian just because I think, you know, regardless of the layoff, I, I think he can get it done. How about you? I'm going with Sungwoo Choi's second round TKO. All right. And then the next fight we're going to talk about is Miranda Granger versus Amanda Lemos. Miranda Granger is 1-0 in the UFC. She got an impressive win over Hannah Goldie back in August in New Jersey. Amanda Lemos is 0-1. She debuted against Leslie Smith in 2017. She got a two-year suspension courtesy of the fine folks at USADA. Um, So Granger obviously looked like a beast in her debut against Hannah Goldie. But here she is fighting at 125 pounds again after fighting pretty much her whole career at strawweight, do you worry that that will catch up with her? Because I don't see her as a particularly physical fighter. Absolutely. Um, And I also think it's interesting, after that, her UFC debut, she said in her post-fight interview, I'm going back down to 115, that's my natural weight class, but here she is at 125 again, where, exactly like you said, she's not not a a super athlete. She's not super explosive or fast, for that matter. It's not like she's carrying speed up from 115 to 125. Um, so it's difficult. I mean, it's hard to be confident in Lemos with that layoff, but if you just look at Lemos's last fight and you look at Granger's last fight, it looks like Amanda Lemos is the, is the better fighter here, but with that super long layoff, you know, what, what can you expect to get out of her? Absolutely. And I was actually backstage doing some of those interviews for, that was the Covington, uh, Robbie Lawler fight with Miranda Granger. She does not physically look big, even at you know, having have not cut down to get to 125, she doesn't look like a big straw weight, to be honest with you. So I, I'm a little bit worried about that, and it's got me leaning Lemos. But, you know, like you said, you got to worry about a two-year layoff in what, you know, not having whatever was in her system still in her system. Uh, let's go with what's your official pick for this one. I'm going with Granger for uh, by decision here. I just I you know she fought good regional competition before she came to the UFC and and her recent activity. I, I'm gonna actually take Lemos. I, I don't like that I'm taking Lemos because I do like Granger as a prospect, but I like her as a prospect at strawweight. And maybe if she does lose this one, this convinces her to go back down. So I, I'm gonna go with Lemos and I'm gonna go with it by decision. And that brings us to our last fight, which is undoubtedly one of the hardest ones to break down, and that's Haile Elatang versus Ryan Benoit. So Elatang beat Dana Bet Grinnell in his debut, which are two fighters we had never thought would make it anywhere near the UFC. And he's fighting Ryan Benoit, who's coming over win over Ashtan Mokhtarian. We talked about his brother earlier, but that win was, of course, in November of 2017 in a weight class down. So this is a really hard question to ask, but do you see anything in Elatang's debut that would give Benoit trouble two years ago? And if so, do you think that holds up two years in the future? <laughs> That's a good question. I mean, two years ago, yeah, I, he's... Alatang Haley does not seem like a terrible athlete. The UFC boasts him as as this wrestler, which we didn't see a ton of in his UFC debut. Um, he looks like he hits with some power, and you got to think he's going to be the bigger guy here. Ryan Benoit coming off that you know two year layoff, up a weight class. It's a it's like you said. This is maybe the hardest fight to pick on the entire card, but I like I like the the recent competition from Alatang. Um, and I like the fact that he at least looks athletic and I assume is, is continuing to advance his game. Yeah. And I, I've kind of gotten trouble picking some people off the heavy layoffs, although I did a second ago with Amanda Lemos, but like, I just think Benoit is, is in such a problem spot here too, because like you said, the, the competition he faced 
at flyweight wasn't even that good the last couple he faced. So, you know, he's fought longer in the UFC, but he's had less competition and he's been gone for two years. Yeah, you take the hyper-athlete fighting at least on the same continent in Haile Alatang. How are you taking him? I like Alatang, um, I think by decision here, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Ryan Benoit looks awful after a two-year layoff, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, but I, I like it by decision. Yeah, I'm going to take him by late finish for exactly that reason. I, I think he probably doesn't look good in the, the damage begins to build up. And that's going to do it for all three rounds. We broke down seven fights for you in just 15 minutes. We hope you guys enjoyed the time. And I, of course, would like to thank my co-host for today, Benjamin Abrigo. Benjamin, thanks so much for joining me. My pleasure.